Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast. My name is Jamie. I'm your host, and you are tuning in, my friends, to the Queer Family Podcast Pride Extravaganza, which means this entire month, the month we call Pride Month, which is June, we are pushing out double the episodes of Queer Family Beauty for your listening pleasure. That means Instead of just one episode a week on Mondays, you're going to get two. You're going to get one on Mondays and you're going to get one on Thursdays, you lucky, lucky ducks. And the guests I have this month, I can't even, they are just all change makers. They are all trailblazers. They are all fire, including today's guests. You know what? Let's just, I'm just going to tell you who it is right now. And if you're, oh, and if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you'll see that I have pride all over the place. I've got a pride flag behind me. I have a pride bandana on. I'm trying to represent pride for all y'all, especially those of you who might not be able to do it in your homes. Here I am for you. I got you, boo. I got you representing over here. I hope you enjoy it. I sure do. I love a rainbow. Who doesn't love a rainbow? What's wrong with people? Okay. Today's guests, Whitney and Megan Bacon Evans, aka what Wigan did next. They are social media creators. They have huge accounts. They basically they're they're self-described lipstick lesbians, which I love. I love a good lipstick lesbian. Might be one myself if I do say so. Um, but they're way more polished than I am or could ever be. <laughs> and they basically document their lives um, on social media. And they have a very fabulous, fabulous, fabulous life. They live over in the UK. Whitney is originally from Kentucky. Megan is originally from UK. They decided to make their lives there. And uh, not only do they document their lives on the social media and show up visibly for all the world to see, to be the representation we all need out there, um, they also kind of fell into a little bit of advocacy work because, shockingly, not shockingly at all, when they started their baby-making journey, they kind of um, came to the realization that um, the fertility world in the UK didn't really have uh, the same equality for LGBTQ folks as it did for non-LGBTQ folks, which is such a shocker. Not at all. So they started working. They started working with the government, on the government, to try to uh, bring a little bit of equality into that world there. And they're making some strides. And I am honored and privileged to know them and to have been able to hear their story. And now you're going to get to, but before I roll the tape, I also want to say a couple of things. There is a little trigger warning here. Um, we do talk uh, about a miscarriage at one point because they, like I said, they're on their baby making journey. And as we know, these journeys are not always without bumps or more than bumps. Um, and so if that's something that could be triggering to you, just take heed and know um, they're doing great. They're still on the journey, but we're sending all the baby dust in the world their way. And I think it's going to happen sooner than later. That's my prediction because we make babies on this show, don't we? Don't we? Um, all right. Before I roll the tape of Whitney and Megan, whom I love, I need to remind you all of a couple things. If you love the show, if you love what we're doing, please go over and join my Patreon. I have various tiers in my Patreon community that start at just two bucks a month. And one thing you might know, but you might not know, many of you probably know because I've said it before. I've been doing this show a long time and I still don't make any money on it. <laughs> the point is, 
I could use a little help because all of my, everything I make on this show goes right into production costs and it's worth every second because I'm never going to stop this because I find this to be extremely important telling these stories. So go join my Patreon at patreon.com com slash the queer family podcast pick whatever amount suits you that you can afford and please join and you're going to get the bonus content all the bonus content i can think to put up all of it everything i mean not everything <laughs> let's not take it too far what am i an animal <laughs> just kidding oh it's, you know what y'all when you're a parent and your children's schedule goes off like for instance this week my children have both thursday and friday off from school I can't even, it throws me. I can't keep my mind straight. It just threw me for a loop. And like, I'm even lucky enough, like my wife, my lesbian wife, like a good lesbian wife, co-parent that she is, she even took one of the days off. So like I had the kids yesterday. She has the kids today. So we could each work one of the days and I'm still thrown off. I'm still a mess. I don't know. Mom brain. Maybe it's just my brain because I literally majored in musical theater. I don't know. I can really sing and dance, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. Before I roll the tape, don't forget, I have merchandise you can find um, at our website, thequeerfamilypodcast.com. You can also find it on TeePublic at The Queer Family Podcast, and there's various designs. You can put them on anything and represent. It's Pride Month, y'all. Let's get to represent Tang. Let's do it. What else do I have to tell you? What else do I have to tell you? Oh, my God. Duh. See? My brain. My brain. Oh, I need my kids back on their normal schedules. And summertime's coming. Watch out, folks. I don't know what's about to happen. Follow us on all the socials. We are on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook at The Queer Family Podcast. So follow, do all the things like subscribe to the show, watch video episodes on YouTube at The Queer Family Podcast. Don't forget to do that. Subscribe over there. Put some love in the comments because we've got some hate. Because YouTube is a whole nother beast to crack, I'm learning. And right now we're in some weird algorithm where people who don't like LGBTQ folks decided they needed to comment on some of our videos. So get on over there and put some positive comments in there for me. It would make a world of difference. Thank you. And then maybe I just need to start blocking the a-holes who are cowards and need to troll. Like, what's wrong with people? I don't even know. Anyway, I digress. It's time to roll the tape. Y'all... There are so many good episodes coming your way this month. I just, I'm still in awe that they all said yes, including today's guests. And I'm still in awe every time I tell my beautiful, lovely fake assistants, because I don't really have assistants, because I can't afford them, Ellen and Beulah, to roll the tape. And every time I talk to Helen and Beulah, I look that way, like they're actually there. There's nobody here. I'm literally alone in my apartment. But Helen and Beulah, I'm looking at right at you. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you girls. Those two lovebirds. Helen and Beulah, could you please roll that tape? I love you so much. I love you. Enjoy this episode, y'all. God, so many change makers. So many people making a difference in this world. Mwah. Thank you. I love y'all. I love you. I love you. Okay. Mama brain. Mama brain is, it's, it's real. <laughs> the struggle is real, y'all. Okay, enjoy. That's it. Love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Hello, Whitney and Megan. Hello, Hi, Jamie. I am so excited to have you two. I mean, you're huge. You're basically famous. And I mean, you are. And if you don't know who they are at home, you're basically living under a rock because Whitney and Megan have been basically documenting 
your lives together for how long? Oh my gosh, gosh. almost 14, 15 years. Yeah. Pretty much since we started dating, which is insane. We're like the OGs online. Since two thousand. You're OG. OGs. Yes. <laughs> Where did you start? Um, a blog. And then I went on to YouTube. Um, and that was before being a YouTuber or influencer yeah. existed. You know, just uploaded montages. We did long distance. So yeah, then it just like moved on to Instagram and just went from there really and just accidentally fell into it as a job, which is amazing. Okay, before we get into anything, I need to hear, and the listeners need to hear, your 30-second elevator pitch of who you are and why you're here. And as I was saying before, I'm going to put a timer up, but don't you worry, your beautiful heads off. I will never cut you off. And it's just a fun way for us to get to know who you are in a nutshell. I mean, everybody knows anyway, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to count, I'm going to count you in. Are you ready? On your marks. Get set. Go. <laughs> Ding. Well, that's Ding. very fitting. Okay. Hi. So I'm Megan. And I'm Whitney. And, and together, together we're Megan. <laughs> we've been Oh my God. We've been together going on 15 years. And I'm American originally. And long story short, but I found Megan on MySpace by div divine intervention. And yeah, I ended up over here with this beautiful girl next to me, ended up marrying her, and we're kind of living our happily ever after in Windsor. Yes, yeah, so we're wife and wife, we're content mm -hmm. creators, and we're LGBTQ plus fertility equality activists as well, and on a journey to become two mummies. There it is. There it is. And that's why you are on the Queer Family Podcast. Oh, my God. Well, we're here. I presume that's why we're here. I mean, who knows? You might have other reasons, but um, I think that would make sense. That's why you're here. I'll, well, you're beautiful and you're amazing and you're here and you're, and you're, you're kind of in your fertility journey right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into that, because obviously we have to get into that because it's a journey and we all know yeah, it. Uh, can we take it back to, you found, you found each other on MySpace? Yeah. WTF. I know, right? I mean, I mean people listening that, will show their age. They're like, why was that? Yeah. I literally <laughs> had people go like, what? What is that? Is it like Instagram? Like yeah. Let me take you back. MySpace is the very first one. The very first one. You met on MySpace. Can we can we go there? Yes. Can we talk about this? Let's go back. Let's do it. How long Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't want to spend the whole time talking about it, but let's go. Let's take that. I'm from the South originally. I'm from Tennessee and Kentucky, and I was from a really small town. I was always fascinated with the British growing up. You know, the accent. I love the Spice Girls. I love Elton John. I just had a real fascination with it. And then I kind of just left it in my mind just to, you know, fester for years. And then I went off to university or college in Hawaii, went to the University of Hawaii. And my first semester there, I was only 17, 18, I came home for Christmas break to Kentucky. And it was on Christmas Eve when I landed. And I was really, really jet lagged. So mm -hmm. I just, as you did back in 2006, I was on MySpace. And I thought this would be the opportune moment just to see how British girls maybe differ from American girls. Something just like mm -hmm. told me to do it. I don't know why. I could have done it in Hawaii. I could have done it any time. Wait, now wait. Were you living that gay lifestyle then? I was out. Were you? Yeah. Oh, you I were? Okay. 15. I was outed. But so I was, we were both out, which is great. So I went to Google or probably Yahoo at this point, And I talked in British zip codes. But letters came up in it. I remember being really confused because they have postcodes, which have letters and numbers in them. So mm -hmm. I trusted the process and I took the very first one that the search engine gave me 
And I put it into the browse section, which allowed you to search like in other countries on MySpace. And I took mm-hmm. that, that postcode that Google or the search engine gave me, put it in, hit browse, hit search. And then this pretty girl was on the first page. That's how we go here. And that's legit how I found that gig bug. Now, wait a second. Did you search? Did you put in the search gay or lesbian or? I think I must have. I must have put interested. Yeah, you must like, have been able to tick. Yeah, I must that. have. I don't yeah. remember that, but I must have. Because you we were both search out. just like by country. You had to put in a postcode. And That's in crazy. the UK, postcodes, there is a postcode for every single street. Like the street next, opposite me has their own postcode. You know, like in the States, it's like the whole town's zip code, basically. It's quite widespread, you know? Um, so the fact that there's just so many to get her exact one in itself was crazy, wasn't it? It's like divine intervention. We got dings happening on yeah. the computer. And Literally. now you just like, Megan just like divinely popped onto your MySpace after a crazy random lettered and numbered search. It was just like insane. So I obviously added her as a friend and she accepted. <laughs> and then we had just a few like little chit chats back and forth. You could leave comments on each other's page and all that. And then we moved over to MSN because that's where it was at as well in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And we chatted a little bit on there, but I never got the impression she like really was bothered. She was just like, she seemed so unattainable to me. Really? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I thought was it was just because I live far away. No, you thought, didn't, you had a chance. No, oh, really. oh, that's cute. We are, what we're doing here. Oh. Um, and then um, when I went back to Hawaii, we chatted a little bit more, but there was an opportunity to study abroad in the UK through my university. Not because of, I wasn't coming just because of Megan. I was coming just to kind of like fulfill that childhood, you know, but that urging me to like want to come further afield to the UK. Mm-hmm. So then six months prior to me coming, start to move on to Facebook Messenger and start messaging a little yeah. bit more. And it's at this point, I'm like, oh my God, like, I think I'm going to marry this girl. Like I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Like I just knew like she was the one for me she was put in my life for a reason and I was only 20 like mm. I had my whole college years ahead of me and I just knew it and like I even told my friends like she's gonna be wifey one day and they were like you're crazy you're, like, you're crazy this was before we could even get married anyway absolutely well, that's also true also yeah true. she just believed gay marriage would exist I just yeah <laughs> and then it was insane we obviously met up hit it off the rest was history and then uh, wait 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 oh, wait wait take it back a second did you say that you knew you were going to marry this girl before you actually met in person yeah and i've never felt that way about anyone in my life well i hope you never feel that way about anyone else let's yeah. <laughs> I, like, you know, exactly. I'm thinking gonna marry everyone i just knew it it was she just seemed i don't know just i've never had such a feeling inside like just something was just captivated oh. me and um, i love you yeah so it was great and like so the time comes, I fought it, I fought at the UK and Megan was studying in Cardiff, Wales at this point. She was doing her master's there. She, her, she's from Windsor. So she came home for the weekend to Windsor and Windsor was only about 20 miles from where I was actually studying. I landed on a Wednesday. The following Saturday, we met up at the stairs of Waterloo Station in London. And we, yeah, we spent the whole day together. One thing led to another. We really hit it off. It was great. And then we were officially girlfriends two weeks later, as you do. (laughs) As you do. This is typical. This is a typical lesbian story. We're just steamrolling right to the good part. Absolutely. (laughs) Two times on a rolling, you know. Um, And then we just, we just really hit it off. 
And then eventually I had to return back to Hawaii, which I was so devastated about. And people were like, why would you be devastated about going to Hawaii? But <laughs> you know, a place is going to be lonely if you don't have the one you love. You know what I mean? It almost mm-hmm. makes it worse. But we just didn't even question that we were going to do long distance. We just knew we were going to do it. And it ended up yep. being four years of long distance from Hawaii wow. to the yeah. UK. But Megan, I want to hear kind of your, your side. Was it love at first sight for you too? I mean, <laughs> well, when she added me, I was very excited. Like she just expresses her feelings differently. I'm more like... She's American, I'm British. That's yeah, all you got to know, really. Exactly. No. <laughs> That's a good point, babe. But yeah, she's very like, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to marry her one day. And I'm like, oh, we're never going to meet. So yeah, yeah, accepted her, you know, friend or cast on my space and thought she was really cute. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. She lives in Hawaii, like jealous. And that was it, really, because I thought, well, we're not going to meet. So now and then she'd obviously message me and I'd reply a few days, weeks, I don't know, later. <laughs> She'd be like waiting, apparently, to hear from me. <laughs> I just thought we'd never meet. Oh, really, Hawaii seems so unattainable, like a place that I like, d- like dreamed of visiting. But it takes nearly a day to travel there from the UK. So mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like somewhere I just like pop around the corner to. <laughs> and then it was when she told me she was coming to study in like half a year's time in the UK. So I was like, oh. Oh, we're going to meet. Oh, okay. Then then things got different. Yeah. And the whole time, like, we didn't let on that we might fancy each other, but I was hoping that she would be the one. But I was just waiting to meet her in my more logical She's Britishness logical. of, yeah. like, let's wait till we meet. Because in person, she might look nothing like her photos. She over-edited, over-saturated the photo on top of my space, you know? Yeah. So I was like, she could look completely different. I don't know until we meet. But no, she was stunning in real life. So even better oh. than the photos. Oh. Oh, you too. Okay. So then you do the long distance thing for four years. And when, when do you take the next step? Like what is the next step? Well, we got engaged, um, when we've been dating, I don't know for how long. So three, two, three years. <laughs> yeah. So we started dating in 2008 and we got engaged in May, 2011. So that was when I actually moved to Hawaii to be with Whitney. You can only stay a maximum of three months as a oh. non-American person. So um, I moved up there to finish my like master's dissertation, like write it out there. And um, yeah, and we applied for her visa while we're out there for her to move to the UK because we decided mm-hmm. that Whitney would move to the UK because, you know, the UK had civil partnerships at the time, which was like a version of gay marriage, but only for gay people, basically. It, right. And it allowed you to go international and gave you like a green card equipment. Yeah, it, yeah, gave her. Oh, so, so all you had to do was get the partnership thingy and then yeah, so you were like... There was legally, I had no way of moving to America at that time because there wasn't gay marriage. They wouldn't allow you it. You know, wouldn't right. be recognized. So it was just like an easy way because you were like, I love England, I want to move there. Mm-hmm. And for me, I wasn't ready to like leave my whole family and move to America. Right. But yeah, so we got engaged and, and we'd also applied for that visa. I proposed to Whitney and then the visa got denied. So... Whitney what? wasn't going to be moving over anytime no. soon. And I really remember sad. it was like we were college students and we, and we, it was like, what, two grand or something, $2,000 and like just down the drain. They didn't give you really no, they just many reasons. rejected it rejected and we had supplied so much evidence that we're a couple and everything. We just couldn't believe it. And it was because we didn't let a kin to marriage, which was impossible because we were long distance. So yeah, they wanted like, like her name on like bills. utility bills and stuff like that. But I'm like, she doesn't live here. So how can she? Right. Yeah, how are we going to have that? If we're trying to get the green card so we can have that. Like, this is the catch-22. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we had to kind of reevaluate, didn't mm. we? So I was basically had another year left in the States. So I moved to South Carolina with my mom. And mm-hmm. at the time, she was the general manager of a car dealership. And she's like, well, I think you should just, like, come work for me. And I was like, okay. So I went to work yeah. for my mom, which was actually <laughs> great in hindsight. I'm glad we had that time together because 
it was yeah. fun. And I was able to like save up a lot of money to come and like randomly was selling cars and like just straight out of college. <laughs> Everyone loved you like, though. You were killing time. It. I was just waiting, like a waiting game. Mm. It was it was a good way to occupy my mind as well and spend time with my mom, which was nice. We were gonna appeal it, but then we decided to get a lawyer and we went through a different visa, which was the proposed marriage visa, basically like an engagement visa, because we were engaged before we even like knew we got rejected, if that makes sense. It was a genuine, it's a genuine engagement. It was a genuine <laughs> engagement. Right. Sense. So it was something we had never heard of that our lawyer suggested. So we went down that route. And then because we had a lawyer and they made sure everything was perfect, it was accepted, wasn't it? So that was wonderful. Yeah. But basically, it just took a lot of freaking money for you to get. In total, all the visas and lawyer fees we went through, because I'm a citizen now, which is great. Like, I went went the whole way. Yeah. Um, Because Trump was president at the time. And I thought, I need to just get this sorted. Like, (laughs) I get it. I get it. Tell me about it. But uh, yeah, in total, it did cost quite a lot of money. But it was it was worth it in the end, wasn't it? Because... It gave us, yeah. <laughs> it gave us uh, you know, a great life so far, and it was it was worth it, you know. And yeah, all over. yeah. But didn't we work out um, from all the like you know traveling to see each other visas and that? What was it we worked out to? Oh, what was it forty thousand? Forty or fifty thousand? Was it more? Something. Oh my god! We, we saw each other every three months as well. Oh my god! And you haven't even started baby oh. making, queer baby making oh, yet right. at this point. Yeah, fortunately. Oh, no. oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I know. Crazy relationship. Very, very. Oh, gee. So, all right. So you get the citizenship. You're finally together. You're on each other's bills. Yes. <laughs> Not like the bills with them, but yeah, she's on them. <laughs> Yeah, right. We're sharing the bank. We're doing the stuff. And then you got married, obviously. Yeah, we actually had a civil partnership in 2012, like a like an intimate one. Mm. So maybe like 20 people in total, wasn't it? And then we upgraded to a marriage in Palm Springs, California in, yes. in 2017. Yeah, gay marriage came in the UK as exactly. well. So we thought, yeah. So we well. married, we've been married twice. And we did it on the same day as a civil partnership. So it like backdates. So it's 20th of September. Oh, good. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You did it. You got two weddings out of it. Exactly. In, in two different countries. Yeah. At it, girls. <laughs> so, all right. So then fast forward, baby making time. What is the conversation around baby making and and what's going on? Like, funny enough, both of us growing up, we both actually didn't want children. Like, in our teenage years, we're like, I don't think we're going to have children. Like, obviously, we didn't know each other yet. I remember I heard the term dink, still income, no kids. And I was like, I think that will be me. Yeah. My, okay. My partner. Uh-huh. And then, what, we started dating, and a few months in, we already were like, right, we're going to get married one day. And then, have kids. <laughs> not long in, yeah, we're like, talked about names of kids that we're going to have. Like, suddenly, we're having kids, you know? It just wow. took, I guess, meeting the right person. Mm. I guess, yeah. I was going to say, why do you think that is? Just you met the I right person. So. It was just you... imagining our future, and we couldn't imagine a future without expanding our family. And it's always something we talk about and think about when we travel and do things, or we see like two young little kids of someone. We're like, oh, those could be ours. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just you just you just kicked in, I guess. Like it just kind of yeah, it could have also been hormones kicking in at some point, being like, make a baby. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean that clock, right? It is a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Oh, it's, it's a scary one because I'm actually 36 very soon. So I'm like, oh god, right? More my yeah, I know. No, I know. It's and then the, and then they call you geriatric. I hate that word. I think it just. I can't believe it. I really don't feel that old. Absolutely. I'm like, 
You're not. No, I know people in their forties and fifties who have had children as well. So it, lots and lots. Yeah, it is like it's such a silly number. Like, and people are having children so much later in life now. It's not. Like yeah, it used to be, I mean, we've had our egg, you know? egg levels checked. So that was like one of the first things we wanted to do. Like, we we did take our time beginning our baby journey, considering how long we've been together. Mm. The fact, yeah, you've been together a long time. Fifteen years. Like, we could have we a teenager. Really wanted to enjoy each other. If that makes sense. Like not that, totally. Yeah, so we did four years long distance, so it kind of like wiped out some of the time, really. Yeah, to kind of right. like catch up and yeah. just like normal life of like living together and going grocery shopping together and cinema and like just normal things every couple does all the time. Yeah, we were like, wow, mm-hmm. we can do this every day. And listen, I tell people I have two now, and I tell people all the time now, and I have a podcast all about making babies and queer families, and I tell everybody, just wait, just wait. <laughs> Yeah. Give yourself time. Just wait. Because once they come, it's a whole nother yeah. world. But what is the conversation surrounding like how you're going to do it? What is your, like how far down the road have you gone mm-hmm. with, what was the initial conversation and where are you now? I guess is my question. So initially, I guess we always just agreed it would be me that would carry first. Yeah. Megan was a year older. We thought it makes sense, you know? So just to confirm that we had our egg levels checked and we're about the same, but yeah. mine are just a tiny bit you're a year younger like more but not not loads so it just pretty much the same she's gonna go you did say first so you're each planning well to to care we shall see so we're planning on hopefully having one biological child each whether that means whitney carries one we don't know yet because you don't know if you want to carry it basically do you that's true i don't really have the the desire to carry if that makes sense mm-hmm. i just want the baby totally. you know what i mean like I, i'm like those nine months are gonna be so long i'm just like i'm ready i also like don't know if i can cope with whitney no. being pregnant like everything <laughs> has everything that goes wrong we True. travel a lot for our job as content creators and behind the scenes you know she's like vomiting everywhere she's in a wheelchair she's like not allowed to board the plane because she's ill or she's on the plane and she's on the floor with oxygen like you can't make it up I mean, it's hilarious. So I'm like, things. what would happen if you get pregnant? Just <laughs> crazy. I'm like that slow, like, you know, 5% chance this will happen. You know, but oh, I am that 5%. So we'll see. But, you know, we'll see. That's amazing. But, but Whitney, you're not alone in that. A lot of couples that I interview, there's there's one person or sometimes both of them who just really have never, ever had that desire to physically carry a child. Sometimes I feel almost guilty. Like, should I feel this way? Like, should, like, you know what I mean? It almost mm-hmm. makes me, some people have said things to me that make me feel like inadequate. Being yeah, that why you don't feel that way. Yeah. But it doesn't take away from the fact I know we're going to love our kids more than life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because we're very intentional about how we make these families. And you've already had so many conversations regarding this and you're not even, you know, like we're still in the beginning stages, right? So like, definitely, we're so intentional and I don't think you should feel bad. I think you should just feel lucky that you're a lesbian because (laughs) (laughs) that means you have another uterus. Exactly. I say to Winnie, like, obviously, you know, I'm hoping to carry the first, potentially even obviously carry hers. But if I, one, can't get pregnant, then she'll have to give it a go. Or two, if I absolutely hate being pregnant, then she'll just have to carry it. I mean, if I had to, I would do it for the team. You know what I mean? I would do it for the family. I would definitely do it. Fight or flight. Yeah, Yeah, you take one for the team. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. So we did start... well, we embarked actually on our baby journey in 2020. This is how, and we're in 2023. Like, where has COVID time, time warped? That's what happened. Yeah, mainly yeah. COVID had a massive impact on it, sadly. And also the fact of obviously, especially starting in the UK, there is hardly any information out there as to how mm-hmm. you create a family when you're a same sex couple. We literally didn't know where to start. And we thought a nice way would be home insemination. 
Uh, we mm-hmm. always knew we wanted sperm from a sperm bank because there isn't anyone known to us that we would want to ask. And we knew that obviously sperm from sperm banks regulated and safe and protected and all that. So like, mm-hmm. knowing we we're going to find sperm from a sperm bank, we're like, okay, fine, we'll deal with that at some point. But let's look into how we're going to create the baby. And we thought we'd do home insemination. And we even got um, a kit for Mosey Baby, which was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we even did a video about it all. And then someone commented and was like, but you do realize you can't get sperm shipped to your home. Oh, right. From a sperm because... bank. And I was like, what? So the you have to use an American. Because, no, just they do not allow any sperm from sperm banks to be shipped to your home anymore in the UK. Oh, because of the regulations, right? Yeah, which I don't think makes any sense. But that's the rule. So then I was like contacting clinics like, but if I get the sperm sent to you, can I not just come in and pick it up? Because you know I've collected it. Obviously, they're like, no. And I was like, but why? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. So what's the workaround? Like, what do you do? The options are you then, well, this this is actually why we started campaigning for fertility equality. This is one of the first issues we came across. Either, obviously, you have to pay and go for all your rounds um, privately, which in the UK, there's the NHS, which often yeah. gives treatment and funding for certain things. And um, mm. when it comes to IVF, they treat straight couples very different from same-sex couples, basically. And that's a whole lot of story. But there's discrimination in place. Yes. Yeah, so you're... Like what? Like tell me, like I want to hear what, what like is In it? a simple phrase, basically, mm. they require same-sex couples to self-fund six to 12 rounds of artificial insemination before mm-hmm. they are given one free round of IVF. So the cost of sperm plus all those rounds, you're looking at anywhere for what, 25 to 50 grand maybe? Like, again, yeah. tax, right? Because their rationale, and their rationale is because a straight couple has been trying at home yeah. and they're and they're 100% infertile at this point. But we can't, we don't know with you. It's such bullshit. Incredible. We have to prove that we cannot have children together, even though we cannot clearly naturally yes. create a child together but let's just go the extra mile and prove that we you know so it's you just ridiculous to- that term socially infertile mm-hmm. is the most homophobic fucking word i hate that term yeah. it's crazy yeah socially infertile yeah well, socially like, meaning really, we've tried so many times and it's not working I mean, yeah. exactly like, it's not right. working i've got but, 15 years of trying but uh, exactly. the requirements exactly. for a heterosexual couple are two years of unprotected sex at mm-hmm. no financial costs and there's no evidence required. Mm. Yeah, how do they prove? How do you prove? You have to video yourself? The video camera up. You can have sex, what, once every, Make a little every you know, 24 months. Yeah. How do you measure it as well, you know? Yeah, So not every not everyone does this, of course. We have heard stories of people who just go and they say, yeah, we've been trying for two years and they have it and they just get straight on, you mm-hmm. know to treatment and for like same-sex female couples especially like even if you had been trying at home so you did have a known donor they don't accept that as proof that you've been that you're infertile they then want you to still pay to prove it to them which is absolutely awful and obviously some people already know they're infertile they've got like polycystic ovaries or something like that and like they know but no they have to go and pay to prove it Mm -hmm. and makes no no sense yeah but then the other route is using either a known donor or finding a donor online which um puts a lot of women in dangerous situations. You mean like fit like those Facebook groups and things like that? Yeah. You no, know, we've right. had messages from men preying on us and if we were vulnerable and that yeah. we might have fallen for it basically. And you're in the spotlight too. Yeah. So it's a different situation as well. You can't really be that anonymous about this, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Queer Family Podcast.
All right, folks. So we all know the story of the birds and the bees, right? Yes. And we know that we don't all fit that. And I am here to tell you that story has another brand new chapter, which we all know very well on this show. I am talking about Mosey, the first and only syringe designed for insemination at home. Many of you have heard of it many times. Many of you have used it. Many of you are thinking of using it. At $50 per attempt, Mosey Baby's patented design has already helped over 100,000 people inseminate privately at home. I love this so much. Mosey Baby is on a mission, y'all, to democratize access to family building and the groundbreaking Mosey Baby at-home insemination kit has been celebrating the many definitions of what it means to be a family since 2016. Go ahead, Mosey Baby, go ahead. You're going to learn more about the Mosey Baby Kit and read some of the amazing stories from the Mosey community if you go to moseybaby.com. And I have a little discount for you. For 15% off your order, use code FAMILY, F-A-M-I-L-Y, at checkout. And you're going to get a Mosey Baby Kit or maybe a couple. I mean, you might as well just stock up on a bunch, y'all, because we know that our babies cost money. (laughs) Stock up. Get ready. Because the real thing is, why spend thousands at a doctor's office to try to make a baby? De-stress trying to conceive with Mosey Baby by doing it on your own terms, at home with love. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Just use code FAMILY at moseybaby.com today and get that discount, get that Mosey Baby kit, and make those babies, y'all. Make the babies. Make all the babies. (laughs) Queer Family Podcast. So yeah, it's just, it was like a rabbit hole that we fell down and just trying to be like, oh, how should we create a family? And suddenly we were like, what? How is this still in place? Yeah. Like at the time it was 2020. We just couldn't believe that no one had been like shouting about it from the rooftops. And we were getting like so many messages about couples who have, you know, one couple spent a hundred grand and they still didn't meet the requirements. And, you know, so they were a hundred grand in debt and they didn't have their, their child. And they've had to give up. And they've had to just give up. They can't go on. It was a same-sex um, female couple? Yes, two uteruses. Two uteruses. Oh, my God. It was just wild, like, all these stories we heard. And we were like, we haven't even really begun at this point. But we thought, this is so unjust. How is this happening in 2020? Like, we could, well, yes, still happening. But, you know, in the... We can get married legally in the eyes of the law. So why did why didn't that carry over to the fertility sector? It just seemed like mm-hmm. they were like, right, okay, you can get married. That's enough. Just forget about everything else. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't sit well with us. Mm-hmm. Megan and I have never like, we just don't like when things are just like unfair. And like people say life isn't fair, but we're like, well, you know what? It should be fair. Okay. So we both <laughs> just couldn't stand mm-hmm. it. We had to do something about it. Yeah. So we launched our like fertility equality campaign in, in the UK in November, 2020. And that was essentially a petition online, yeah. um, trying to make and create awareness around it and also get the government's attention. Um, and it did have really good press around it, but it didn't quite reach the signatures needed. So then the next stage then was to take legal action. And we did this on the basis that it wasn't for us. It's not going to benefit us. I mean, I'm already too old now at 35. Um, but it was in order to um, create change for the LGBTQ bus community to come after us, basically. So we've been working on this legal case. and Yeah, a long time now. And it's still ongoing. Um, We've all spoken in Parliament and last year the um, government announced a women's health strategy in that they listened to what we basically said that we wanted and they have announced they will be at some point um, basically rolling out fertility equality for same-sex female couples and 
obviously annoying that it is just same-sex female couples they're focusing on at the moment and we hope it will obviously have the trickle effect to everyone else yeah um, single women as well but that's still amazing they haven't yeah. mentioned single women yet no i know yeah. it's about same yes and it's also they're they're focusing on uh folks who identify as women and folks who are like who are women since birth and so there's a whole other it's right. kind of tricky yeah absolutely you just want to cover everyone. Oh my it? God. So many layers. It's, it's so, oh my God, that makes me mad. So what is happening? So what are you going to do? What's your plan? For us personally to have to keep? Yeah. So yes. yeah, we, we, we've gone down the private route. We knew that was the case for us basically. So we purchased our sperm actually from Denmark, Bios International, which was a, you know, it's such a weird process, but to purchase sperm, this was the best process we could have gone through in Denmark because you got to see pictures of them as children what they look like as adults you got to hear their voice you got a whole health check mm. basically of them and their family which is probably more common in america but in the uk um for example if you go to sperm banks or use a yeah. Yeah, sperm bank from the uk you can't see photos you don't really get yeah you can't hear you know anything like you really get like an excel spreadsheet that just has a bit of information yeah, I think and like it's like their height yeah. probably and like hair color, color, right? color that kind of thing yeah. we i actually way back interviewed at a sperm donor oh, in the uk really interesting wow. yeah and even he was like the regulations are really strict mm. we need more donors mm -hmm. there's not enough yeah. i just wanted to help families create their That's families but like it's really hard like it's really hard to even get a donor yeah. so if you're lucky enough to even get a donor in the uk you don't get a choice oh. like it's so Right. Okay, and even so. just picking from like the one in Denmark, like at first we're like, this is going to be quite fun. And then you realize there's not that many actually yeah. on there to pick yeah. from. You can't, it's quite hard to find like the one when there's not a massive pool. Um, oh, wow. But we really? got very lucky. Like we found his little baby picture. It looks like me as a baby. And we're like, oh, okay, well, let's just see what he looks like as an adult. And he looks like Megan as an adult. You had to wait so for the upgrade, weird. you know, to see adult photos. It was like suspense. Like we really loved his profile, everything about him. Good yeah. feature. He like, looks like us mixed together basically mm -hmm. so weird well our donor too like basically we just had to find someone that looked like both because we look alike so we have very similar features so that that was easy but over here in the states like i i have dubbed it i've termed it the search for superman because we have such a huge amount of them depending depending on your demographic mm -hmm. and, and, and like mm -hmm. yeah. like basically we have a lot of white yes. sperm donors yeah. so if you're looking for a white one mm -hmm. it's that you it, it, there's so many to choose from and you get crazy with these things like you start ruling people out because they have like they had like acne as a teenager <laughs> who doesn't have acne you know what i mean yeah. so it's a double-edged sword either way. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a bit like I'm vegetarian and if I go to a vegetarian restaurant, I'm overwhelmed if there's because loads. I can eat everything. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to have. <laughs> I know what I mean, though. Definitely. Give me two or three options on a menu. That's what I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, so you find you found your donor and how does it work? If you get the sperm from Denmark, do you have to go and inseminate in Denmark? No, it gets shipped to your fertility clinic. So, um, so they can ship it into the UK. Oh yeah, just not to your home from Denmark. Yeah, yeah. it has to go to a like, regulated clinic, licensed clinic, clinic so that it's like recorded, like a cryo bank. I think is what they call it in the states, isn't it? Or right, yeah, a cryo bank's a sperm bank, oh, yeah. not a fertility center. Though. Scratch that. Oh. Yeah, we well, like, it, you guys, what fertility center? Fertility maybe, center, you know, yeah, a clinic. Yeah, yeah, or a clinic, a fertility clinic yeah. where you go I'm, and you I'm get the insemination. I'm like living in the States to get up to this point, so I don't know exactly <laughs> what, what happens there. It's all right. You don't need to know everything. 
So what? So what happens? So you got the sperm, and then and 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 that, and then what? And then so we decided we would do um, artificial insemination, like an IUI first, a few rounds, see if it works, and then if not, we'll move on to IVF. And we started our first IUI August in 2022. Mm-hmm. And I did get pregnant from that one to our surprise. And we were like, could not believe it. So shocked. Oh my God. Yeah. Did not expect it to work, obviously, on the first one. I'm really logical. And I thought, right, three to five is normal. So we just were so shocked when it said pregnant. Um, But then, unfortunately, two weeks later, I was no longer pregnant. So then it was really sorry. Yeah. We were, it was such a high to go from that. And then when I started to bleed a bit, I was like, oh, God. And then the nurses kept trying to tell me it was implantation and normal. But my sister, who's straight, has gone through a lot of um, IVF and chemical pregnancies, miscarriages. And she was just like, I'm, like, I'm really sorry, but I think you're having a chemical pregnancy. And I said that to the nurse at the clinic. And she was like, no, don't listen to her. But like literally two <laughs> days later, my pregnancy stick is negative. I was like, I think I'll listen to my Aww. sister going forward. Thank you very much. Like, I think it was Thank you very much. But, but it gave me hope I didn't need, you know, awesome. like trying to like convince me everything was normal and fine when I was like, I don't think it's a normal right. amount of blood, but okay. And then we were, like, it was our 10 I think that over. kind of put us off even wanting to go for it. Like, in my head, I was like, bam, 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 we'll go ahead and do it. But when we got pregnant straight away and then it was taken away from us, it then made us more, well, made me more nervous going well, it, into it. It definitely hit more emotionally than we thought. Like later on, if that makes sense, it was such a shock at first. And then I think we just, it, for me, it started processing like later. Yeah, I was really visibly upset, like crying about it. Well, I was trying and, to be more comforting. Mm-hmm. Whereas you didn't And like, oh, we're really going to go again, it. we're going to go again. Yeah. And then once she got okay, I think I started to process it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you cried. You also cried when it said I was pregnant and I didn't cry at yeah. that point. And then I cried when it wasn't pregnant and you didn't. So it's just funny. You don't know how you're going you to react, react to things, I guess. It's good, though. You balance each other out. That's what we need. That's Very what you need, right? We don't want both being no. honest, do you? <laughs> so we, just one at a time, please. You can't both be on the floor of the airplane with an oxygen tank. Like, one at a time here. Like, what it was it called? Newton's what's the law? Like you know, Salt's law is it? No, no, Newton's law. Newton's law. Like when one's up, one's you have to have a yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what it's called either, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, so then we did another one. I think late October. Yeah, and um, also Megan, she really had a tra- traumatic experience with the speculum. I know, I know a lot of people Hate out there speculum individuals with oh, you don't like have them. the same you know experience, but. They had to give her Valium Blister because it was so intense, wasn't it? Very pain? painful for me, yeah. I've Every time you have a use, they use a speculum, it's very painful, or just for the inseminations? Every time. Every time I've had a smear and that done, like, I've known it's painful. And when it came to the IUI, obviously it's a bit longer than having a smear yeah. done. So... I already, like, for the first one, I wasn't looking forward to it, but they're like, you're fine, just breathe. It's just so no, uncomfortable. And then it came to it. I thought I was going to pass out from the pain. Oh my god! And then so for the second one, they did give me Valium, which, and I had hypnotherapy as well. So those two things combined, when it started to hurt, it did help. Kind of like wow. my hypnotherapy was for me to like fly, like float away in a hot air balloon. Whether it was that or the Valium or both, suddenly <laughs> um, I did feel like I was kind of floating away from my the body, and, we, and my eyes were shut, and they were doing like rapid eye movement. So when I spoke to my hypnotherapist, she was like, "Yeah, you were doing like the hypnotherapy. You were you were in a hot air." Oh, balloon. and also I forgot I did this. I listened to cats purring in my 
Airpods. Interesting. Because like, okay, so all of you at home take note. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're a lesbian, you're gonna love it. Because I think for me, my, when my cat purrs, it like calms it, me down. It's meant to the vibrations are meant like to they do make to the you body. feel a bit happy. And I was, I just had this weird thought. I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna listen to cats purr. We found it on YouTube before we went in. Yeah, so funny. I was like, doctor, I'm listening to cats purr, and like, don't worry about me. But then again, I never. And then I wasn't pregnant, and um, that was quite devastating for me. Yeah, because there was no faint line. There was nothing. It just did not happen at all. You know. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it was nearly Christmas, so we were like, we'll either go just before Christmas or wait. But they were closed during that period. And then when I ovulated, would be like literally around Christmas, Christmas so they're closed anyway. <sighs> How dare they? So then we're like, right, we'll go after Christmas. And now it's just not quite Christmas anymore, is it? And we haven't gone again. Oh, you haven't gone again? No. We're going to go again in June. I can't believe it. It's literally like yeah. over half a year just- later. Is it because, is there like a fear or is it like just life is too busy or? It's like life has been so busy lately. I think especially since COVID has really lifted the restrictions and all that. And because our job as like content creators, it's just kind of getting more back to normal. Um, And then obviously you have a very short window when you ovulate and you get pregnant. And if something falls on that date, you're like, oh, well, if you have to do that, then we'll just try the next month or give it another month of, you know, what like Pilates or acupuncture mm-hmm. supplements mm-hmm. food like I've got this fear that I'm not because I stopped a lot over Christmas I was like I'm just gonna eat what I want drink what I want because I was being very yeah. like you know obsessed, you do, get obsessed almost, you know like, with everything once I kind of gave all that up I can't really mentally get back into it again I just I, I've got like a I mental think it kicked us thing. so hard we're just like you got kicked hard it hurt Right, and you get it. Like, know, like, surprising, really. You know, what it? if people go through the same thing, and I know, you know, but and it's great to, you know, speak to other couples who've been through it. It's a journey, and every, you know, it's not often an easy journey. I think we've accepted that, and I think we're like getting in that headspace again of like, right, yeah, getting there. We're, we're we? gearing ourselves up again. I think mm. we had to have that time just to like shake it off. If that makes mm. sense. I really can't believe that we're nearly half a year in, into the year. Like, Did you buy a lot of sperm? Or are you going like one? You bought. You bought the. Five. I think we bought five vials. We've used two. So our plan is one more IUI. If it doesn't work, then with the two vials left, then we'll both extract our eggs and make embryos Mm -hmm. and then decide I might carry Whitney's first. Then if we do IVF, we might just do that first. And then freeze the other Mm -hmm. ones for the next. All right. Big, I mean, big plans. And it's like, this is the thing though. And this is why the, a podcast like this needs to exist because like you said, there was, there's no maps. We're like, we're figuring things out by Googling stuff Literally. on the interweb yeah. and getting, you know, getting our answers. And so, and then the intentionality we bring to every single point of this journey is insane. Like you already have, like you've already planned out, we're going to have two because we each want to carry and this, this one will go first and this one will maybe go second. Like this, the conversations are so rich and full and um, it's so effed up that you're having to fight for exactly i mean so far today i think we've swimmed around 15 grand which crazy to you people, haven't even done ivf yeah we haven't we haven't done IVF. I know. and compared to a lot of people that's not even a lot compared to the, the couple that spent 100 grand but we still don't know what our journey has that's the scary thing you don't know what's ahead exactly. like you don't like we might be just having to spend another couple grand and it's done for now obviously which would be better. round two be more money or well, hopefully not. Maybe the government would have implemented what they said they would by then. So hopefully, right. we'll have to worry about that. Right. Um, but yeah, or are we going to be spending like twenty to thirty k going forward or more? We have no idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bad. And what about the couples who can't afford it? And what exactly. about the couples? You know, 
yeah, that's that's what everyone goes, why are you doing this and campaigning in that? And I always say it's the unfair financial burden that has been placed on the LGBTQ plus community. Exactly. Because one, we shouldn't have to pay this money. So even if someone has got the money, you know, for example, they wanted they might wanted to buy a house, but what instead they're gonna have to spend that on creating their family when someone else doesn't. A straight couple, cis straight exactly. couple, don't have it's to. It's the do principle. That. Like yeah. even if you have it, you shouldn't have to. Just doesn't mean if you don't. It's, it's well, not. If you don't, then you go into debt, or yeah. you just don't have a family. That's not no right at all. No, no, it's not fair. It's not fair. Exactly. I interviewed a couple, uh, two gay guys who. Um, they their their conversation was okay. Either we're gonna get a new apartment or we're going to have a baby. Mm. And that was like, that was it. You know, they were going to buy a place in New York City Gosh. or they were going to spend that money on making a freaking mm-hmm. child, exactly. which is, you know, so. And so many people don't know it. Like we didn't know how expensive or and the route we'd have to go down. So obviously a lot of people younger are getting married. They're thinking, oh, in a few years time, we'll have a child mm-hmm. or look into it. They didn't realize that their like 20 grand wedding was, you know, their child effectively now they might not have the money for a child because they spend it on a wedding and a lot of people then regret regret that yeah if they'd known they wouldn't because the lack of you know visibility and conversations about it that's why couples like you are really really important because you're putting it all out there and you're being really transparent and you're showing you're showing your journey and i think it's really important and it, it 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 does help other folks out there who, like you said, we didn't know how to do this. We didn't know. We didn't, there's no instruction book, but like accounts like yours are helping. And I'm just so grateful that y'all are doing what you're doing. And I think you're fantastic. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Same, likewise with you. This is amazing what you're doing. And it's going to really oh. help so many people as well have like guidance. And I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope. But the sad thing is it, it these things need to exist because you know, we're, we're on our own and we're rogue. Um, I have a, one more question for you, sure. uh, regarding like, because in the States we have to do second parent adoption. Uh, yes. yes. Do you know what the situation is in the UK with that? Fortunately, because we are married couple, we mm-hmm. automatically go on the birth certificate and it's like parent one, parent two, just legally. And it can, and that counts legally. Yeah. legally. You don't have to I don't adopt, have to, yeah. we don't have to adopt, which mm-hmm. is surprising. We do have that um, in the UK, considering they missed that, that was campaigned for, though, yeah. wasn't it? So probably before that, it didn't exist. You weren't automatically yeah. on the birth certificate. Because in the States, you can be put on the birth certificate. Like, both of us are on the birth certificate, but it doesn't hold up in a court of law. It's crazy. It's so like, scary, isn't it? They can just say, nah, you're not re- the real parent, so, that you know, crazy. so you have to just... I mean, as far as I'm aware, but whether people go ahead and still do, like, adoption to be extra, extra safe, safe, I mean, maybe they do over here. You just never know, do you? You know, LGBT couples and families, they travel with the birth certificate as well because sometimes they don't believe that, like, it's a two-mommy family or a two-daddy family. They're like, mm. they just can't... Immigration, they're like, no. So you have to get out these documents sometimes, present it, and it's just so... But it's also actually for um, citizenship. Um, yeah. This applies to, I guess, people who are with an American partner. So it's actually with American rules. So, for example, we found out that if, so if we have, if we, if we have to, when and if we have children, um, Whitney's like biological child, or I don't know if it's either her biological child or one she gives birth to, how far they really check it would be automatically given um, American citizenship, but mine would not because I'm British which is just crazy and that isn't obviously the case for straight couples mm-hmm. and I think it's a bit like a loophole something never really thought about because you know when when like a straight couple British and American would go and get their child's um 
passports, passports. they're not going to go but is he biologically related yeah. to the dad? They're exactly. just check. they just presume you know so it's yeah. that kind of thing of but when it's two women or two men then they're going to go but who's the child biologically related to yeah, like it matters. Yeah. Or well, they could be like, who carried? But she could carry my yeah. biological child. So, so exactly. it's quite confusing. But a lot of people... It's crazy. Well, there has been campaigning and I think there has been change. Mm-hmm. That's still... I'm not sure if it's in yet or incoming. In motion. So fingers crossed by the time yeah. we do have children that there won't be an issue because can you imagine one child has this American passport and go off to America well, and it's like there. I'm going to the University of Hawaii yeah. like mom and the other one yes. yeah, and like, <laughs> like one kid's like I have more citizenships than you yeah. do yeah. like it's like something they tease each other but I wonder I do wonder like if Megan you give birth to a child and Whitney you give birth right and then um if Whitney you adopt Megan's child yeah would the child have American citizenship but just adoption in general that they're granted like are they i think they might be yeah that's something to think about too you just realize it's like another thing we got to figure out it's just like a never-ending battle really that yeah Mm Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll deal with that when we're pregnant at some point. Cross that bridge. Right. Let's <laughs> just think of that. Exactly, that. because there's too many bridges to cross here. So you got to take one at a time. Exactly. Yeah. And you fight your battles when they come. And I am just, I am, I'm in love with you too. Oh. And I'm so glad you came to tell your story. And I want you to keep documenting. I don't have to, usually I'm like, keep me updated, keep me posted. But all I have to do is go to your YouTube and I'll find out. But um, if you want to drop me a line, let me know. I mean, go ahead. Let me know. Yeah. And thank you yes. for having us on your, on your show. We were honored. Oh my God. So. so exciting. So wonderful. And I wish you, I'm sending all the baby dust, all the baby dust in the world. Thank you so the much. next one is going to, the next one's going to take. Yeah, I'm in babies here. This is what I do. Yeah. yeah. Send it away. And we're like, it's because we did the podcast. Yeah. It, it was that baby. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. All the listeners, all the listeners are sending ba- oh, baby dust. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you we appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> it helps. You know, so. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Oh my God. So amazing. Thank you so much for joining the queer fam squad over oh, here yeah official members i know right thank you so much for having us it's been a great yeah. it's been a great time have to do it again soon yeah we'll yes. update yeah, yeah the time hopefully when we have a, a baby yeah <laughs> i can't wait Megan. i can't wait <laughs> can't wait for that queer family podcast well folks thank you so much for tuning into the queer family podcast i hope you enjoyed what you heard and if you did enjoy what you heard Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review us anywhere you get your podcasts or watch your podcasts. All those things make a huge difference in getting this show out to an even bigger and wider audience. And in the name of visibility and inclusion, that's the goal here. So let's let's share this far and wide, folks. Let's normalize our families. That's the whole point of this. Um, And if you really like what you hear and what you see, feel free to join me on Patreon. I have various tiers in my Patreon community that start at just two bucks a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. Come on, at least in, in the city of New York City, it is. You're going to get bonus content over there. You're going to get video episodes dropped a day early um, and even more crazy shenanigans of my, yours truly just trying to get her life together. And I'll tell you what, it's a monumental effort. I'm not going to lie, but you have to go to Patreon to see it. And also make sure to get that merchandise. It's time to represent. It's pride, y'all. And then every day is pride, as we know. So you're going to go to tpublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast and get your merchandise. Like, wouldn't you want a little Queer Family Podcast mug to drink your morning coffee or tea in? Who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't? Go get that. And make sure you're following on all the socials. We are the Queer Family Podcast on 
Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, where you're going to get the video episodes. And they're so fun. And I'm literally looking at you right now and talking, which is kind of very fun for me. This is fun being on video, except for the fact that I feel like I have to try to look nice for y'all now, which I never did before, but you don't need to know any of that. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep on tuning in. Um, watch the next one if you're on YouTube or listen to the next. Just keep on doing it and share it far and wide. I love you. Mwah. I'm going to get out of your ears right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in again and again. I'll see you soon. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love.